My name is Jibril Aliyu, J-I-B-R-I-L-A-L-I-Y-U, Jibril Aliyu. My business name is Mr. J. Couture, Mr. J-M-R-J-A-Y Couture, C-O-U-T-U-R-E. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you guys are in for a treat because you know the fashion game has to be unique and on point. I have online himself, Mr. Jay Couture. You see his name there, but he didn't put his title as, you know, chief of fashion. So he's going <laughs> to give the game on how he started Jay Couture. Jabril, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my brother? Thank you very much. I'm fine. I'm very fine. How about you? Blessed by the best. And I, I really just want to get into your story, you know, because you're a young man. So I want to know, when did you start this? Why did you start this? And really, how long did it take you to get to this level? Okay. Um, I had my first degree at the Ladoki Akintola University of Technology, Bumosho, or your state here in Nigeria. I studied physiology. Um, so it was a five-year course. And um, during the second semester of the fourth year, we were meant to go for IT, industrial training. And then during mine, we finished early. We, we spent four months or six months. So I spent the remaining two months learning tailoring. So one thing led to another and I found myself there learning. So I learned for two months. And then by January, 2013, I left to resume for my final year at, at the school. So throughout my final year, awaiting service, the youth service called uh, the service we run here in Nigeria, awaiting service and during service, I kept working, making some, you know, talking, getting better, improving myself. So by the time I was done with service in 2015, October, I came back to Ibadan, which was my base. I served in Ogun State anyways, came back to Ibadan, which is my base. And then I, um, got a shop space in November. So that was when I started. I think six months into it, I started having enough, more than enough jobs that I needed more hands. So I took the first, yeah, I got the first job in that November, 2015, took the second one around August. 2017, I moved and then I moved to this space, which is more like a four bedroom flat. So I needed more hands, more machines and but I, I think one thing about me is I strive. I'm always there. Let me put it the way I used to put it. I'm, I'm usually hungry for excellence. When I do this, I want to do it to perfection. We know people ahead of us. We've seen top designers. We've seen the way they do stuff. And when I see those stuff, I want to achieve them on my own. I want to make sure my stuff looks the same way. If they make this and they charge $100 and I'm charging $20, I do not mind. I just want mine to look the same way. Then over time, then I know how to now increase my price. So that was how the journey started. And then I kept building on every penny. I, I, I really am not the type who like to lavish money and all of that. For every penny made, at least more than 70% of it comes back into, into the business. I make sure I do something to uplift the face of the business almost every, at almost every opportunity I have. So now, if I would say 
since I started working on my own 2013 and now, that's about um, nine years. So that's when I've been doing this. Or I can say since I've been working, since I went PLC, went public, like started doing for, you know, you know when you get a shop, that's when some people would actually count as that was when you started. At least that's 2015 till now. That's um, running seven years. Yes. Now, one thing, you know, Nigerians know is school and degrees and business. I don't care globally. N Nigerians, I mean, we, we, we you got to have a Nigerian like you got to have a Chinese in your country or your country isn't much. Um, how was your family after, you know, you did school, you did your NYSC service, which I want to see somebody do fashion in that. I've been tempted to make my own because I have nothing to, to worry about over on this side. But I love the, the, the uniforms and, you know, I want one of the uniforms, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Right. Um, but how was it like the support? Because a lot of times entrepreneurs are not supported in the beginning. People actually will try to talk them out of starting a business and just to get a job, which, ah, that's a bad word over here, a job. So let the people know, how is your family, your Nigerian family, your African family, when you said, I'm going to start a business? Were you supported? Okay. The only person I, I saw at that time was my mother, yeah, because she's, she's actually the one who brought us up. So um, when I said I wanted to learn, in 2012 she was really skeptical like i mean how how would you say you want to go learn tailoring like how of all the things that you could actually think you want to do with the remaining two months you want to go learn tailoring in fact on the third day she came and she saw the few things i've been able to do and then she went this boy is actually serious so by the time i got done i had to please to her to help me um, to let me get a sewing machine take to school and all of that so when i finished service um, she kind of talked me into running my master's, yeah? Although I, I, I obliged, I, I got the form. In fact, I actually did my master's, yeah, while I was still in business. But, you know, she really never saw the business as something that would bring me, that could bring me good money. She saw it as 2,000 here, 3,000 here, 5,000 here, one five here. How is that supposed to amass to huge money where you're meant to probably buy a car, own a house and all of that? So okay. what you're telling me is that your mother gave you the classic speech and maybe you heard this song before, but I always like this because now when you become successful. My mama swore I was a joke. <laughs> By a fellow Nigerian. <laughs> was, 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 was that the story for you where, you know, you, you're not serious, so, but now she, can, does she get it now? Are you there yet with your mom? Have you won her over? To, to be honest, to be honest, it really was the story, man. <laughs> because she thought, she thought um, I want to make... Buban Shukoto, I want to make this. This person is coming to 5,000, 2,000, 3,000. How do you expect to pull all that together to buy a car, own a house, get married, and you know, all of that? So she was she was trying to make me run the masters and probably get me a job with say WHO or UNICEF because she had those connections. Like I said, she was um she was a top official at the Ministry of Health, State Secretariat. She had the whole connection, and you know, I studied physiology, so it's still in line. So she wanted me to work at probably APOC, UNICEF, WHO. But I told her, man, I'm not caught, I'm not caught for that. 
I really want to do this. I love business. I'm, I'm passionate about this particular thing. I just want to do it. And then she was like, okay, let's see what you can do. And then I actually started the master's, finished and all, you know. But I, she, she, she had the feeling that she could still cajole me into getting a job. But no, it didn't work. Okay, so when I was going to leave the two-shop space that I had to get this four-bedroom flat, I, I just called her. I had told her I was looking for a bigger space. So the, the moment I found one, I just called her. And then I'm like, mama, I got a space. And then um, I made more than 90% payment, which is almost 400,000 euros at that time. She shifted on her bed like, whoa. Probably she was even thinking I was coming to her to say, so I would need some funds to add to kindergarten. So I told her, and I paid almost 400K already. So I just wanted them to finish this and that so I could balance them and then we move in. She looked at me. I'm sure a larger part of her became more convinced that, I just wanted to do this and I was going to be successful, you know. In, yes. in 20, 2019, I got my first car. I drove it home. Mama, I got a car. And then the only, the only part that got angry was the fact that I did. I never mentioned to her that I wanted to buy a car. And then I just brought a car home and then said it was mine and all. But, you know, she was shocked, like, because I, I, had, I had one small car. It's a spare car that I was, you know, driving up and down, using for my logistics and all of that as at the time. But leaving that, and then I decided to go buy my own car. With which money, bro? <laughs> my boy, where did you get the money from? She could not ask me that question. But she became more convinced. I just got, I just got another car like um, two months ago, like roughly six, seven weeks ago. But I, I was, I was... I did well enough to tell her that I wanted to go another car this time, yeah. So when I got it and then she saw it and then I'm sure if she reflects and feels okay and probably just thinks it out, if she probably just thinks it out, she could think, um, wait, even if this guy had gone to work at UNICEF or blah, 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 would he, I use a four bedroom flat for my business and I live in a three bedroom flat alone. I'm not married yet. I'm, I'm close to, you know, getting married. And I pay the rent, maintain my car, pay my staff salary of almost 600K and all of that. And I never call her for once to say, mama, I need some money. I need you to raise me so, 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 so. So I'm sure she's more than convinced. It, it happens. It's, it's no jokes. Families, especially the ones who do actually do not have the large capital to say, my boy, I want you to go into business. This is on 10 million era. Get a business plan, start something. But you know, somebody that is starting small, starting on a scale of say 50K, 100K, and then you are building the, um, your business to become an empire. She was so skeptical. Although once in a while, she still says it like that master's. So more like she could not say, we wasted money have making you go around that master's. But you know, nothing is ever a waste. At least I still have my certificate and anything. Any opportunity could come up that I have my place so set up that I actually still take a job or probably say some consulting, you know, but as it is, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not in for that. It's just all about my business. But I've been able to convince her that I wanted this. I have it. And I'm doing really fine. And that's, and that's something that everybody 
can relate to because he said he didn't have big money. He didn't have to ask his mother for money, but you made it happen. And he also gave you ladies. He gave you a hint. He said he's not married yet. So I just tagged him on Instagram with a friend of mine, a fellow Nigerian. Hey, Dr. Chi, I had to do it, man. I had to do it. You know, it looks like she's in Paris right now. So she's halfway or you're halfway, right? Who A man who finds a good wife and then she gets to choose you. But yeah, so I, I had to do that because that I wouldn't be me if I didn't do that. I love love. But tell the people, you know, when you started, how did you make clothes? How did you find the budget to make clothes? Was it one piece at a time? Or you said, I'm going to do like 10 pieces and then I know they'll sell. Because one thing about your clothing that I really like, you're not trying to make it outside of the... Um, the budget on the continent. Many fashion designers want to charge what, you know, Louis Vuitton or Balenciaga, and they think that's doing something, but you're not going to get, you know, everyone has their lane. I'll just leave it at that. But how did you find the money? And then how did you, you know, price it to where the uh, average person could afford it in Africa and abroad? Okay, thank you. Um, well, um, my, my business the brand is a, a bespoke brand. Um, we hardly do ready to wear, although some on, on few occasions I get ginger to want to, you know, produce some quantity and then say you can get in medium, large, blah, blah. But I, I figure that it's really not my thing. The bespoke made to measure, come for measurement or send your measurement, we make for you. You wear, I see the feet, I enjoy it. I feel really good and I feel fulfilled. That's my, that's, that's actually my, should I, should I call it calling? It's why I enjoy doing. So it's usually one piece per time. You come, we make this, record the money, drop some savings. Although, okay, at some point, let me let me chip this in. At some point, I got a 500k grant <clears throat> from some some um, agency. It wasn't a cash kind of grant. It was a I don't know if they call it kind. They got us some equipment that we needed. So um, sewing machine, mannequin, and you know, and what have you. So it actually helped. It actually helped, it went, you know, it helped, it helped the business. At least as at that time, I was using the domestic sewing machines. So I got one or two industrial machines, made work faster. But to be honest, I still say it that um, there were a lot of other people that got the same grant as at that time. And they are still nowhere as such. <clears throat> it's one thing to have an opportunity to get some stuff. It's another thing to use it wisely, judiciously. Because of the passion that is always burning, because of the uh, determination, when those things came, what I had was actually more than what came in, you know. But, you know, the fact that it was adding to what I had, it, it could have only probably taking me extra six, nine months to have gathered those stuff as at that time, you know. So they came in to just, you know, they moved us because it was us. They moved us six, nine months ahead of time. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So then every penny, every money that comes in, like I said, I don't, I don't spend lavishly. In fact, if we meet out, funniest is, okay, I don't know, unrelated. I don't drink, I don't smoke. So hardly would you find me at poor places, lounge and bar and spend money on drinks and all of that. I am not used to it. I'd rather save my money, 70, 80% of it. I want to put it back into my business. 
In fact, the landlord of this place comes in here once in a while and he smiles because I have transformed the whole apartment into something he sees and he's always happy because I know what sells out there. I cannot have blue background, uh, um, um, tiled floors, and I'm saying I'm taking pictures, I'm posting on Instagram. Who's going to buy from you? Yeah, people are going to buy, but the, 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 the fee, the fee that people are going to come to you with wouldn't be as somebody who has this place all prima and proper. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I so do. for every penny that comes, there's a big chunk that I make sure comes back into the business by maybe that refurbishing or getting something standard or doing something just to uplift the face. And I keep sampling the market. I keep, I, I know, I know what people want. Well, or read, or, or, normally, um, when you move, not everybody will move at your pace. I have customers that have dropped. They could no longer afford it. And I try as much as possible to not leap. I move at a slow pace. Today is $10. Tomorrow is $12. I'm adding value here. But at the same time, I'm moving. I know I had sampled the market. I know what people can afford. And if what people can afford is enough for me, I'm getting my profit. And I can make some good profit and have savings and do whatever it is I want. I mean, I'm fine. It's not necessarily I say $500 when I can actually do for $250 and I'll still get my profit. And I say $500 and I'm having just one or two, three customers that can afford it. But if I do $250, I have more than 10, 20 people that will come to say, oh, yeah, what, what are you doing there? The profit I'll save up over $250 in 10 places is a lot more than $500 in just five places. Definitely. Definitely. So that's, that's, to, that's to answer that question about testing and, you know, getting what people really want, having them, you know. Yes, you're, you're going to say something? Yeah, I want to know how can we in the States get your clothing? Because it's so expensive sometimes to ship. So is there a process okay. or a way? that folks in the US, Europe, Australia can send you their, you know, sizes and then you make those and ship them. Um, is it possible and still affordable? Okay. Um, we have a registered account with DHL. DHL picks up from us every day. Within Nigeria, outside Nigeria, we send close to the UK, to the US, I have like two customers in Australia, some parts of Africa, Canada, Ireland, in the in the Europe. Because we have a registered account with DHL, it makes the 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 shipping fee fairer. Let's say, for example, you just walk into DHL and you said you want to ship to the US, and then they say you have to pay fifty dollars. But because I am we are, we have a registered account with them, you could probably be paying twenty five thirty four dollars. For that wait, 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 wait. Is that a real price? Because I, I'm also a Sierra Leonean citizen. And for me to send one piece of paper with my wet signature has cost me for one piece of paper, regular piece of paper, $238. So is that a real price to send your clothing of, of maybe $30 to $50? Hold on a second. Let me quickly calculate. If, in fact, DHL does 0.5 kg to 2 kg. They, they charge them the same, which is about 19, almost 20,000 Naira here. So 20,000 Naira, if I divide 20,000 Naira by the current dollar price or the dollar rate, 
That's about um it's for it's forty eight dollars and eleven cents. Um that, that that's what it is. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's that's to send two complete kaftan sets to the US. And UK is lesser. UK is like fifteen thousand naira. So that's you know that's 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 lesser. So for every for every extra zero point five kg is about four thousand naira addition. Do you understand now? I, I, so I, I understand, and I'm excited because I'm gonna find something and send you my sizes and say, hey, let's start with this and see. You know, for the American gut, you always have to add just a little bit of room because the American gut is full of yeah. fructose and all type of nonsense. But that's a great price, and that's great that you can do. That's a blessing. Let me tell you, we have we we have um a place in Cameroon. It's not the same everywhere. Every place does not get the same DHL rates. So that's a beautiful thing mm. that you have it at that at that rate. Thank you. And um, if if I want to make for anybody, if I want to make clothes for anybody, for example, because you know, like I said. Uh, it's a bespoke brand. We don't make ready to wear. So most of the time it's usually made to measure. So um, if you can't, if you do not have valid measurements, you can send a full picture, your height, and probably, okay, I wear this size of shirt or size of trousers. And then I can always put something together that would fit properly. Or I've, I've had, in fact, I always have it on my diary. I schedule um, video calls with clients outside the country where they just get a tape measure and then I guide somebody to take okay, take from here to here and then I record and then I make and I hardly ever get any complaints. You know, we have Nigerians outside the country who really still want to wear all of these, our um, kaftans and agbada and um, shirt and suit and what have you. So I have different modes. And the, the, the easiest one is, once you can send a full picture, you can tell me what size of shirt or size of trousers you wear, Tell me your height. I have something for you. So that's how easy I've made it for, for, for my customers. Really. The, the, the price is right. The clothing is tight. How long will it take? Um, because that's, you know, for the American audience, I have to put this out there. Because American audience, we're used to, you know, we're about to have drones start flying and dropping stuff off. People are like, I want it now. I want to look good now. So, you know, how long uh, if the gentleman or the ladies, he has ladies stuff as well. But I, I don't wear ladies clothes. I'm going to focus on the men yeah. right now, ladies. I'm being selfish. Um, how long when they say, look, this is what I have. These are my sizes. How long will it take to get to the U.S. or Europe? Okay, um, well, the list is two weeks. Because if you produce in one week, DHL picks up. Three to five working days, DHL should, should deliver. But, you know, that's, that's left to them. But they tell us three to five working days, they should deliver. And they've been able to meet up with that over time. So it takes one week or five, work, five to eight working days for production here. If you, have, if you have extra money, I can tell you, okay, since this is meant to take five working days on the norms, I add 20% if you want it tomorrow or day after tomorrow to be ready. And then I add 20%, which is the extra, um, the express service fee. And then no time. That means in one week and a half, you should get your stuff. So it doesn't really take a long time, but on an average two weeks from ordering, from placing your order to um, having it delivered on an average two weeks. And that's a very reasonable time 
for any clothes that are custom made, if you think that's a long time, then you're not ready for custom. And I want you to keep buying off the rack or in the market, depending where you are in the world, you know, and, and I, I like all of it because this jersey right here was right off the market. So I get it, but I rock it like it was right off Etofis's back. Let me ask mm. you, with the success that you have as a young man, what is a community give back that you're doing or that you plan on doing in the future? Earlier, I used to I used to train. I used to train students into making um, you know all of this, and then um, we had paid students, and then we have for every I think five or six paid students, there were two f- students that that probably are on scholarship. Let me put it that way: free funded training. But I stopped training at some point because I really got busy, and I really don't like a situation where you feel like take your money, but I'm not giving you what what is due. So I'd rather not do it and just take your money and not come to class to teach you. So I scrapped it. But then um, currently, currently, I'm actually pursuing getting a particular space in this building that I really want to dedicate to training. Because the only way I feel I can actually give back to community is train as much as possible to be independent. Do you understand? Because I am independent now. I'm 32. I don't know if, if I mentioned. I'm 32 and I've been independent since I was... 25, 26 is after my service here. Yeah, some people do do this earlier. Some people wait till later. But then if a 19, 18, 22-year-old boy comes here and with training for free, and then he becomes independent, it's a good thing. Do, do you understand? So oh, I yeah. can only I want to train some people. Some people are going to be paid. And then there will probably be a process or procedure to have some people on free fund debt training. So that seems the only thing I've, only, I've been thinking of right now. I, I, I really don't know about um, any other thing for now. Maybe in the future, I want to do something for my community, probably, or maybe um, a community that lacks so, 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 so. I want to go do something there. The communities that lack so, so, I really want to go do something there. But for now, the only way that I have in my head that I'm pursuing is have free funded training for some percentage of students. I love that. And, and let me say, this is for the audience. You have to be a little older to understand this. But for the 40 and up, when he says I'm 32, like that's something still small peaking, you know, he, he still still has a lot to, 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 to go through. So it's a beautiful thing that you're able to be independent and that you're thinking about what you want to do to give back. Because after you make a certain amount of money, I mean, not everybody can be hush puppy where it's only them looking good. Right. M- many people would say, hey, my father's going to retire. Hush Peppy's father, I heard, wasn't retired, y'all. He was working. That's an abomination. Um, you know, you're supposed to hook up everybody. And then when you pay that bride price and that family understands, you know, you're you're here. So I love it. I love it. What, this, this, this next question is for the picky people like me who always want to push the envelope. But at the same time, when they're rocking their African wear, they're making a statement saying, I don't wear your suits. I wear African style suits. Can people come to you and say, you know what? I, they kind of create their own thing or say, look, I want you to create me a suit I can wear to a cocktail party, all black. And I want to look like the president of Sierra Leone, um, you know, his excellency. I'm biased, y'all. So I got to I got to do that. But his his suits are a little different. So is, is it possible for people to kind of order and say, hey, I like that because you make it more like this? Or are you just doing certain designs right now? It's, it's just simple. Consider it done. 
like okay. I said, it's book. Come to us. This is what I want. I want it this way. I want it that way. Put a touch of this. Put a touch of that. And I tell you, if if it is if it is something I really feel from my professional angle now, I could just advise. Okay, why don't you let us tone it down with this or blah blah blah. But then once you have an agreement, I want this. Okay, that's fine, bro. Consider it done. So let us know where we can find Mr. J Couture. I'm going to say mrjcouture.com, but if there are any other places you want people to check you out, let the people know. Um, yes, like you had rightly said, mrjcouture.com. But as it is, the website is really not um, always updated, so you may not get <clears throat> what you really want. I always do not have the time or search to go there to update because Instagram is actually where we get the majority of our customers. When you direct some people to the website, they're always saying it's stressful, it's this is that they prefer on that Instagram discuss everything they need payment and then we process their wares. But we have a website and then we have some of our products on there, but they are not just updated. Now, if you go to Instagram or when you go to Instagram, you find us on M-R-J-A-Y-C-O-U-T or Mr. J Couture, or you can do WhatsApp. That line I gave you um, is actually my personal WhatsApp because it's where I have this phone at hand. The other phone that has a business line, I can just call that now. Probably I texted to you later. 23481 608685 you guys have gotten that game and you've been blessed by it. I want you to make sure whether you're watching or you're listening, even on our latest partner at AYV Radio in Sierra Leone, Freetown, baby. I want you guys to share this with somebody because it can change their life. I'm going to tell you, I've already sent him a couple of pictures of styles that I want. So give, give me a month or so to get the clothes back and then have a chance to wear it in this hot weather in Miami. Um, and I'll show you Mr. J Couture because I'm going to let him kind of pick, pick and choose. Yeah. yeah. You guys like the game. Thank you, my bro, for coming on. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia, which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is gonna cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that 100 US dollars is worth a 1,000 South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that, you know, when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course, there's a little preview you can listen to. Um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. 
don't miss out.